Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Tuesday, February 28th, a.k.a. my birthday. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so first of all, I want to apologize for my voice. As you can tell, I lost it. (laughs) So I was at the National Sports Forum over the past week and weekend. It was absolutely amazing. I got to meet wonderful, impressive people in the sports industry. So shout out to all my new friends that I made there. But yes, want to apologize to you listeners as my voice is yeah, basically gone. But I wanted to go ahead and get this out on Tuesday because I promised y'all I would. So it's going to be pretty quick and hopefully semi-painless until next week. But let's go ahead and start with some baseball as it is spring training this week. So that is why you're seeing more baseball headlines and even some games are being televised, which I of course will get to. So just wanted to give a quick shout out on what that is and why you're seeing it. So that just means that the teams have come back and started practice. That's what spring training means. Let's move on to NBA basketball. The Kings versus Clippers game on Friday went into double overtime and thus became the second highest scoring game of all time. The Sacramento team won 176 to 175. The Clippers may have led in three-point percentage, and field goal percentage, but they also led in turnovers. So that might have helped Sacramento come back and win that game. Clippers were favored. LeBron James is out for two weeks due to his injured right foot. He suffered that injury against the Mavericks on Sunday night. The Lakers did get the W in that game, but who knows how many more they will get with him out. The Lakers are sitting two teams out of the Western Conference playoffs, but are sitting just one win behind the Pelicans, who are currently in 10th and currently qualified for the playoffs. So the Lakers have actually fought back to this spot. So it's super important that they keep winning despite LeBron James being out. Also, it is likely that Kevin Durant will make his son's debut this Wednesday, aka tomorrow. He has been out with an MCL sprain since January 8th and was actually traded to the Suns on February 9th, so we could possibly see him on Wednesday. Also last week, the Atlanta Hawks fired their head coach, Nate McMullen. They currently sit in eighth place in the East this season. However, McMillan went 99 and 80 as Atlanta's head coach. So kind of an odd thing that I think they would fire him this quickly. He only got the head coaching job after the 2020 2021 second half of that season. That's what earned him the full-time position. So I know that they've obviously had some frustrations on the team. He is overall... A 760 to 668, but that's also over four different teams over 19 seasons. Also expect Westbrook to have changed his jersey this week as he is now a Los Angeles Clipper. And Brittany Griner is officially back at practice over this last week. So nice little feel-good story for you there as this is her first time back on the basketball court since she returned from her ordeal in Russia. 
Let's move on to NCAA basketball. And the Big 12 had a crazy start to the week. Literally first three games in a row were both ranked first ranked matchups all in the Big 12. So we start out Monday with number three Kansas taking down number 24 TCU, 63 to 58. Number 23 Iowa State lost to number eight Texas after outscoring the Cyclones 47 to 29 in the first half. Then they both scored 25 in the second. So thus the winning differential stayed the exact same. And number 14 Kansas State upset number nine Baylor by 10. So again, busy week for the Big 12. Number 10, Marquette, played number 13, Creighton, in a big game on Tuesday, and it was a close one. Ultimately, Marquette pulled out the W. Number 25, Texas A&M, was newly ranked and then immediately upset number 11, Tennessee. Way to go, Aggies. Unranked Villanova beat number 16, Xavier, by one. Also, number 17, Indiana, fell to Michigan State by 15. Those were all just in the first two days of the week. Also, Indiana's loss to Michigan State was Michigan State's first game back after the shooting that happened on their campus. So that's a nice feel-good, nice ranked feel-good win for them as well. So hashtag Spartan Strong for sure. Number six, UVA got destroyed by Boston College, only scoring 48 points in the entire game, and then proceeded to lose to UNC on Saturday for a really bad week. Expect them to fall in the AP poll this week. Number 18, UConn put up 50 points in the second half to beat number 20, Providence. Number 21, Northwestern broke into the rankings after all their crazy upsets and then immediately got upset themselves by Illinois and then Maryland in the same week. They will most likely fall out of the top 25. 4 and 12 Oklahoma beat number 23 Iowa State, sticking with that theme of the second loss of, of the week for that team. After Indiana lost to Michigan State, the Hoosiers turn around to beat number 5 Purdue on Saturday. Arizona State upset their in-state rivals number 7 Arizona by 1 and by an incredible buzzer beater. Number 9 Baylor and number 8 Texas had a top 10 showdown and this time the Bears get the win. Number 12 Gonzaga beat their ranked West Coast Conference rival number 15 State Marys 77 to 68. Number 13 Miami fell to Florida State by one and on a buzzer beater. Number 19 Creighton lost for the second time this week to Villanova on Saturday. Man, Villanova had a good week beating two ranked teams back to back. And number 25 Texas A&M may have beat Tennessee earlier in the week, but then lose to their unranked maroon rivals Mississippi State. We do have a tiny bit of NCAA football news. The NCAA is considering rule changes to make football games shorter. That would mainly be that the clock would keep running when moving the chains. So every time you get a first down, the clock usually stops until the chains are set, then it restarts. So they are looking to remove that where the clock would continue rolling except the last two minutes of each half. That's very similar as to pro games. Games average about three hours and 21 minutes for the last three seasons. They would also not be able to call consecutive team timeouts. So that means they would eliminate the ice the kicker timeouts. When you see that happen more than once in a row, that would basically be nullified. 
Moving on to a little bit of golf, Chris Kirk won the Honda Classic after the first playoff hole against Eric Cole. Kirk had won a PGA Tour event in eight years. It was 2015 Colonial, the last time he won. He will be the final Honda Classic winner, as after 42 years, the car company is ending their sponsorship with the tournament. Cole shot 67 during the final round to take the two players into a playoff. Both players shot 14 under for the tournament, and Cole has actually yet to win a PGA title since he went pro in 2009. So, so close, but yet unsuccessful. It was also the Live Tours first event this week in Mayacoba, Mexico. And it was inarguably not a TV success. It was only an average of 289,000 people that watched Saturday and Sunday's coverage. Although the CW's president company CEO said it exceeded expectations with 1.4 million people watching at least a few minutes over the last two days. To put that in perspective, though, the PGA Tours Honda Classic brought in an average of 593,000 viewers on Golf Channel and 2 million when it turned to NBC. To be fair, the playoff win at the Honda is much more exciting than Charles Howell III winning by four and his team, the Crushers, winning the team competition by nine. So take that with a grain of salt. And again, this was their first TV contract and first televised event in the United States. Not a ton of Olympic sports news this weekend, but American pole vaulter and two-time gold medalist Bob Richards died at the age of 97 on Sunday. He was an ordained minister and competed in the 1948 Olympics. He got bronze before taking back-to-back gold in 1952 and 1956. He also competed in the decathlon in the 1956 Olympics. He is in the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame. He was inducted into that in 1983 and is a six-time NCAA champion for Illinois. And Serbia is the final team to make it into and qualify for the Basketball World Cup. Of the 32 teams, 10 of the top 11 in the world are in. Argentina is the only one who didn't make it, and they actually got runner-up last time. So Team USA will likely use G League players, while the rest of teams are likely to try and use their NBA players. But the United States will likely use G League. We have to wait till August, though, to find out when ha- what happens, as that's when the World Cup takes place. And we do have a little bit of soccer news as well as Alex Morgan has made history, or should I say herstory, as the most goals scored by a mom in international competition, totaling 14 now. The United States won the She Believes Cup for the fourth time in a row. That's what happened over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. And believe it or not, like I said, spring training started. So we actually have some MLB baseball on TV. On Wednesday, you can catch the Nationals at the Yankees at noon on ESPN. And then Thursday, the Phillies at the Red Sox at 11, also on ESPN. For college baseball, we do have a little bit of that on Sunday, number 22, Miami versus number six, Florida. You can catch that at 11 a.m. on SEC Network, followed by Georgia Tech versus Georgia at two on that same channel. In the NBA, we have Tuesday, the Lakers at the Grizzlies at 630 on TNT, followed by the Timberwolves at the Clippers. Wednesday, you can catch the Cavaliers at the Celtics at 630 on ESPN and the Pelicans at the Trailblazers at 9. Thursday is the 76ers at the Mavericks at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Clippers at the Warriors at 9 p.m. 
Friday will be the Nets at the Celtics at 6.30 on ESPN, followed by the Grizzlies at the Nuggets at 9. Saturday will be the 76ers at the Bucks at 7.30 p.m. on ABC. That is the third team in the East versus the number one team in the East. So a big conference game going on on Saturday night. Sunday, you can catch the Suns at the Mavericks at noon on ABC. That is fourth place versus sixth place in the West. The Warriors at the Lakers will be at 2.30 on ABC. The Knicks at the Celtics will play at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN, followed by the Grizzlies at the Clippers at 9. Moving along to NCAA basketball, we've got a number of good matchups. However, they don't begin until Wednesday night. Number nine, Texas will play number 22, TCU, at 8 p.m. on ESPN2. Then on Saturday, you can catch number two, Alabama, at number 24, Texas A&M, at 11 a.m. on CBS. Number three, Kansas will play number nine, Texas, at three on ESPN. Number 25, Pitt will play at number 16, Miami, at 5 p.m. on ACC Network. And number eight, Arizona versus number four, UCLA, at nine on ESPN. That's it as far as ranked versus ranked matchups, but there are a lot of TBA games on the schedule on ESPN. That has become because some smaller conferences are starting their championship tournaments and everything this week. So that's why you see a lot of those TBAs and TBDs. Power five is next week, but like West Coast Conference, for example, does begin this week. We also have XFL games, only one on Saturday this week, the Sea Dragons at the Vegas Vipers at 6 p.m. on FX. Then Sunday, the Battlehawks at the Defenders at noon on FX, the Guardians at the Renegades at 3, and then the Brahmas versus the Houston Roughnecks at 7, and that will be on ESPN 2. This weekend, we have two PGA Tour golf tournaments. We've got the Puerto Rico Open and then the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So basically, if you are good enough to go to the Arnold Palmer Invitational, obviously you don't go to the Puerto Rico Open. But if you don't qualify for the Arnold Palmer, you do have another option to go to the Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico Open winner most likely will not get into the Masters because of exactly that reasoning. Basically, all the high and hot competition is in Arnold Palmer. So that winner will get a master's invitation. The Puerto Rico one will not. Puerto Rico round one, though, begins on Thursday. You can catch that at 10 a.m. on Golf Channel. That's the same for Friday. Followed by the Arnold Palmer that begins at 2. Then on Saturday, the Arnold Palmer Invitational Round 3 will be at 12.30 on Golf Channel and then move over to NBC at 1.30. The Puerto Rico Open will be at 2.30 on Golf Channel. Same goes for the final rounds there. We do have a little bit of hockey on Wednesday. The Rangers at the Flyers at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Hurricanes at the Golden Knights. Then Saturday, the Rangers at the Bruins at noon on ABC, followed by the Avalanche at the Stars at 2.30. And then the su- on Sunday, the Lightning at the Hurricanes at 2 on TNT. Formula One also begins this weekend on Sunday. You can catch the Bahrain GP. They will run that race at 9 a.m. on ESPN. And only three Olympic events to talk about this week. Friday, catch women's gymnastics, Florida versus Oklahoma at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Both teams are ranked, so that ought to be an amazing showdown. Saturday, alpine skiing, the men's downhill and the slalom will be at 9 a.m. on CNBC. Then Sunday, alpine skiing returns for the men's Super G at 11 a.m. on CNBC. 
That wraps it up for me this week. I, again, apologize for my voice. Don't worry, next week it'll be better. So worth it meeting everyone at the National Sports Forum, though. Check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, four more times and games. And I will be back on normal programming, so Monday for next week's weekly update. 